Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Timothy. I'm kidding. I'm Rick. And today, and today <laughs> we are talking about Mobile Suit Gundam uh, 2, Soldiers of Sorrow, which is the first or second movie of the trilogy that we're actually watching. And... Before this, we actually delved into a couple other anime series and we asked the question that I'd like to also propose now. Uh, what makes a show an anime for you? Uh, be happy to hear your feedback on that. And uh, we also delved into uh, the chronological order that you're technically supposed to watch oh. some of the Gundam series in and uh, the varying years that they decided to come out in so no you want to catch a part of that wider conversation patreon.com slash featured anime podcast a dollar a month will gain you that bonus content now on to the meat and potatoes sir uh mobile suit gundam to soldiers of sorrow came out in 1981 july 1981 uh producers for it was uh sotsu and studio for it was sunrise it's an original and it's a uh, action drama sci-fi mecha military space and it ran for about two hours and 15 minutes and uh i would i would uh i would say that that is a good solid amount of time of content that you get out of it too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's not, I'm trying to add to that, but I don't think I can. I mean, <laughs> it is, I mean, we got answers or we got some answers, uh, for the series. So, uh, we had it, it, one of the things is it really does kind of pick up where it left off from the first movie into the second one, it does kind of a smooth transition to into it. You can tell that some time has passed in between the first and the second movies, uh, but not a whole lot of time. Um, you can tell a- that Amuro is definitely still very much infatuated with Matilda for mm-hmm. the duration that she is there. And you definitely <laughs> get the answer of, yeah, there there was like no previous contact or meeting between them because there was a lot of stuff he didn't know. Yeah, a massive amount. But aside from that, I would say that it was they did a really good job at making a a first crush, if you will, mm-hmm. be just that an idealistic version of who he wants her to be. And I don't yeah. think it was intentional. I, I don't think it was intentional um, to the point to the extent that I assumed it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, he was ignorant. Yes, he was childish. Yes, he was. He was a lot of things. And I liked how they touched on how a normal person would react. A normal child, if you will, would react if they were forced into the situation of you're now a world savior. Like it or not, get to it. Well, not only that, we also received an answer of why is he the only one that can pilot it? And that's 
very much not the case. In fact, one of the other characters uh, pilots the Gundam and pilots it a couple of different times. Uh, Sila, who we talked yep. about uh, before, and I was for sure thinking that you were 100% right that she was actually a spy when she started running towards Xeon with it, not really fighting or any weapons or anything, just took off and then ignored all communications, repeating to herself, I have to go there and try and get answers. It's like, mm, yeah. mm, I'm going to trade this for some answers. <laughs> uh, you're a spy. Uh, oh, but, but no, we we received answers that her and Char, the, the names that we actually have for them, aren't their original names. Uh, and they did... Uh, or they were, or are rather, brother and sister. And again, I, I still, I still suspect spies. Like, if I gotta be honest, like I feel like either they're, they're either they're supposed to be non-combatants mm-hmm. that were forced into a bad situation, and they're like, all right, who's the worst of the worst? I'm gonna go here because it's safer. You're gonna go there because you're more maniacal. Well. Actually, no, we know that Char wasn't sent in as a spy. He just disappeared and ran away. And we don't still don't know the reasons why. No, no, I get that. But the way that he deceives, the way that he manipulates his own side, it's almost like the it's almost like he's like, hey, I got I got some lions over here. Hey, sheep, you should you should totally attack this one. This one, not lion. Right. And then the entire basically armada gets murked. How many people have died because of his, Hey, you should go over there and do that. True. But I would, you know, and that's in reference to the first movie. So like, and that's where we really kind of get left off from the first movie. And in the second movie, he's kind of been recruited and, and is given basically the same responsibilities or position that he was before. And I think it has more so to do because even uh, the royal Zeon's royal family, who Char ended up betraying, betraying one of uh, Zabi, I think uh, Garma. Garma, yeah. Garma. Uh, he betrayed him, and he's the one that died in the first movie. That his, not even his sister really cared about Garma and wanted Gar, uh, Garma dead, which is why I think because the second that happened, she had him go and had her one of her royal people go and get char like you know that for a fact that she straight up called him out and had him picked up but not reprimanded right in fact he's given a whole new ship and crew and he's given a new rank i think even too i it's it's complicated i don't know what the ranking system here is because they're like i'm a lieutenant and they've got no differentiating factors on the uniform i'm a captain no differentiating you like you're like okay so i can walk up there and be like i'm an admiral and there's nothing you can do about it right uh, one of the other things that i i really liked about this one is you kind of got like like a little bit of a backstory or or insight into a couple of the characters in general but you also kind of get the idea or understand that just because so because of everything that they had pushed on armoro they were worried that he was getting full of himself and everything, which he kind of was a little oh, bit. Hardcore. hardcore. I'm the only one that can do this. You can't do it. You just don't understand. I'm the only one. Yeah. Hardcore full of himself. So, which I agree with Bright's 
overall sentiment of we just need to pull him and have someone else pilot the thing and just like have him not. Yeah. And to, to kind of put him in his place. And I'm glad that they really did that because uh, it, it proved the point that he was getting full of himself. And not only that, it, it also showed that he was kind of a uh, hypocritical when it came to, uh, came to some things or a lot of things, but the hypocrisy I would say is more so because he's still a child is still a teenager and he truly doesn't understand the decisions or, or the consequences of the actions or everything that go along with it. So he, he kind of operates under the assumption that he can basically do whatever he wants and get away with it without any repercussion and then expect people when he does do something wrong to still give him the time of day to listen to him a hundred percent. Have you heard of the term Mary Sue? Uh, I have. Do you know what I, that's in reference to? I do not. All right. So this is going to go a little sidetracky a little bit. Um, Mary Sue is in reference to a Star Trek uh, character from fan fiction. Um, basically, the, we probably heard, I, I heard the first time, I, first time I heard about it was with Ray from Star Wars being a Mary Sue because she doesn't have to work for anything. Things just happen and she's just right for the situation. Um, and I did a little bit of research in it. In 1973, there was a fan fiction for Star Trek, ironically enough, uh, about a, um, uh, a teammate called Mary Sue, who was only 15 and a half years old, but was smarter than Spock, more, more brave than Captain Kirk, had the answer for everything, and just, it, it was a deus ex machina to the umpteenth degree. Yeah, yeah so basically... Um, overpowered. Well, she's perfect, uh, almost uh, to a boring point where she has like no actual flaws whatsoever. Exactly. Uh, Yes. Basically an idealization of a particular individual. And I I think I know where you're going with this is that we're saying that Amaro is a Mary Sue, but I disagree, sir. I disagree. No, see, he, I'm actually he's not only way. Mary Sue. Not only is he perfect beyond all belief, no, no, but no, so, he is godly. <laughs> all right. So what I would, what I wanted to say was, <laughs> the Mary Sue term came out in 1973. This came out 81, 81. was it? 79 so, for the series, uh, for the for the series. So yeah. Okay. So what I think happened is when it originally came out, people are like. Hey, I'm seeing some similarities. And what they did here is they kind of threw in some trials and tribulations to take away from that, to show that he's a flawed character to kind of humanize him because he is a teenager. Sorry. For some reason is able to do all these amazing things that adults can't do. I guess he can pilot this thing that no one else can kind of. And maybe, I mean, we don't we're never told why and then i I think it's not that no one else can uh because it's commented several times why it's like why is a child doing this and it's like he's the one that's doing this and we should totally just let him keep doing this because he's apparently the most qualified and able to operate this piece of machinery properly yeah it was the dumbest thing 
the the well, only the only thing that they have going for him in the in that setting is that he was the first one to do it. So he's technically the most familiar. However, I know from personal experience, just because you're the first doesn't mean you're the best. Uh, so I, I beg to differ, sir. I beg to differ. Amaro really? is proof positive of of uh, <laughs> of that being a, a, a false sentiment, sir. I just almost flipped the table. Sorry about that if, if, it, if it's too noisy. But no, I, I, I realize you're being satirical and whatnot, but I feel like they were recognizing that they were putting too much of emphasis on him, which is why they threw her in the Gundam. Now, I don't know if it's in if it was in the first movie or the second movie where they're like the the new kind or crap. What do they new call type? Them? They talked about the new, new types type. in the first one. Uh, so they further exploited a little bit in the second one, but we didn't get too much information on it. He was, I think, Carr was like he's an awakening. He's he's waking up to it, uh, or something something along those lines, where he's just on the brink. He he doesn't have premeditation, but he does have like uh, it's starting to feel a lot like the force. If I'm being honest, it's starting to feel a lot like Anakin and why he's such a great pod racer. You know, sir, just because I have great reflexes and incredible <laughs> intuition does not mean I am using the force, sir. I reject your reality and reject your sentiment and go with, well, I'm 100% a new type that uses spidey <laughs> sense to help me out through all these battles. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you're, you're not completely dismissing my thoughts on that. Cause I honestly wasn't sure about them myself. So having you say that is kind of proof positive that I'm not completely nuts. No, I, that's these, these parallels that I'm, I'm pulling at it. They're just not coming out of thin air. They're, there's somebody else is seeing it too. No, I, uh, I'm right there with you. This is like, uh, this seems a little, uh, familiar, but the, on the plus side, this came out before that, before that, that one, before the whole pod racing and, and Star Wars episode one. So, I mean, I mean, if you, if you want to say someone took something from somewhere and, and applied it to their stuff, you could say Gundam was the original. Right? And, and Char was the, no, not, not, not Char. Sorry. We'll go with, uh, Armuro is the original Anakin. Right? Oh God. I mean, he gets full they do of himself. Look similar full of his power. He thinks he's infallible. He takes care, you know, he's like, Hey, you know, whatever. And just disappears, goes off, does whatever he wants. Anyways. I mean, you want to, you want to something uh, kind of funny? Uh, uh, you want something really funny? So the teenage Anakin, before you turned Darth Vader, Christian Pattinson, I want to say his name was something like that. Um, he gets crap for being a really bad actor, like really bad. However, George Lucas was like, no, he played it exactly the way he was supposed to. We're not supposed to like Vader at this particular moment in time when he was like, I think I love Padme, but I hate the sand. Yeah. And I, I was like, at first it I'm was, like, well, it's, okay. it's not that I gave, I didn't fault the guy for his acting. I faulted the writing for being bad. Well, that, that's what I mean. It was meant to be. 
Well, it was he just, be, which I don't understand at all. No, he tried. At, it's not that he tried making it bad. It just ended up being bad. He tried his hand at writing a romance and it did not work out well at all. Yo. The guy, the guy <laughs> is actually a decent actor. He's been in other movies. I've seen him in other things. Oh yeah, he, totally. He, he's he's a decent actor. And whoever wrote the uh Star Wars animated series did a far better job writing the romance scenes than they did for the movie. Cause really? he's like, Oh, I hate sin and this and that, and blah, blah, blah with Padme. And in the series, he's flirtatious with someone else completely. That's not Padme. And you're <laughs> can't, you can't help, but think damn, bro, where the hell was that <laughs> game? And it's like this, right? You can't help, but just go, what the hell is your problem, bro? And I feel like in episode or in the third movie, we're going to get that 360 and you're just going to go, where the know. hell was your A game for the second one, dude? I mean, like, <laughs> Jesus. What? Why? He, what? What? The the best part about hitting rock bottom is there's only one way to go. And that's a lie. I was going to say, I was thinking about that. I, I, that. That pause is way too long. I could, I should have just kept talking. Yeah, no, that's, um, a, that's a lie. I mean, like you hit rock bottom. If you got the right tools, you can keep going down. <laughs> I was going to say, you can keep digging. Oh, rock bottom ain't nothing to an excavator. One of the things, though, and is speaking of of rock bottom, is is you kind of understand Amaro's mentality and his own personal internal struggle too. At the same time, yeah, Uh, and you kind of get that more so from his mother, and you can and you can definitely tell where you get that from. So I was going to bring he he encounters his mother. And I, you know, and she, she's conflicted about the whole thing and he has a gun and he's hiding because Zeon's coming in to where he is because he found out where his mother is. And so they're, they're very upset. They're trying to figure out who, who landed, if anyone landed and everything like that. And the soldier was coming over and he shoots the soldier and kills him. And then the mother's trying to stop him. It's like, no, you can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, it's like if he does not stop them or stop the guy, yeah. he is dead and they are all likely going to die, too. Oh, 100 percent. When you so, talk to him, like when, when, when the situation is going on, which frustrates me beyond all common sense, because it should not affect me this 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 much is you've got the mom going don't shoot, don't do that. We're peace loving, but at the same time, don't hurt my baby. Please don't hurt my baby when she's trying to cover for him. What what do you expect to happen? You go when he goes home and he finds his house, his home ransacked by soldiers. Not even enemy soldiers, just regular soldiers. Yeah. And he's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And then his mom, after arguably I say arguably because I argue this point. He saved them from worse shit. Because what would happen, theoretically, if you were to find an enemy in your barracks? The entire place would get flipped upside down. Oh, yeah. Right? Exactly. He would get killed. He would get killed or at the very least detained for torture. Yeah, which to say the least. We've seen in here. We've actually seen like 
torture cells and stuff like that. People going to extremes in here. Now, it's that or that guy who who everyone in the barracks is protecting. He's not an enemy to the barracks. He's an enemy to the controllers, the people who are in charge. He shoots and kills one of the officers, scares the other one away, rallies troops, not necessarily where you're at, but I would I would even go so far as to say argue to eventually liberate that area from enemy control. Yeah. And and your mother goes, I'm ashamed of you. Yeah. I'm ashamed that you were kept alive. And and I'm glad he also brought up that asked her that question. And he goes, You're you're ashamed that I I've literally fought for my life. Would you are you saying that it is better for me to have died? And she says, well, no, I don't want you to die and this and that. Then I had to do that. And she's like, but I'm ashamed that you had to do that. Well, I mean, where were you? It's it's like one one thing or the other. And and honestly, when it comes to situations like that, where you have people that are just wanting to be bad and or evil is in the eye of the beholder or depending on the side that you're on. Zeon believes that the Federation's bad. Federation believes that Zeon is bad. And I understand that. Um, but when you're against someone who is an enemy that will kill you just for you being on the opposite side of the fence, you're, you're either a going to die or B fight for your life. And when fight or flight kicks in guaranteed you, if you can't flight, you're going to fight. Yeah, you're right. Fight or flight is a major thing and it's all about, it's not nature or nurture. It's survival. How bad do you want? to survive more than the other guy. And I know it sounds real bad saying it like that, but in the terms of this universe, that's exactly it. It's kill or be killed, conquer or be conquered. And it was very telling because his mom is a peace loving person who was being controlled. Like she was in a camp that was arguably doing good, arguably safe, but only by the grace of someone in charge, someone, yeah. your, your enemy. It would be like if you and I go to war and your wife comes in my house to help people that have been hurt. I'm letting them live or vice versa. You're letting them live because who knows? You're in a good mood that day. If yeah. you end up having a bad mood, nuke them all. They have no attachment to you either as hostages because no one cares or as as just extra mouths to feed because again no one cares yep they're just kind so, of there and yeah. based on the whim of the group that is there at that point in time and yeah it's 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 very telling i don't know what was going on um politically at the time i, I didn't look that up but the fact that it, it was oh your dad has corrupted you you were such a sweet boy and now you're because of your time with your father, you're now a corrupted individual. And I'm like, you know, that paints single fathers in a very poor light. And it's, it paints abandoning mothers in almost saintly because she went to the red cross or something like that. You know, the, the, I don't know. Like it's, it struck a chord with me because growing up, I only had one parent. I loved my mom very dearly. I loved my dad too when he was around. So that that scene kind of I don't know, it, it got me in a weird way because 
yeah, my mom was around. Yeah. My dad was around sometimes, but it, the way that they made that, the, the way that it kind of made me feel watching it, I felt very conflicted yeah. because it's understandable why the dad left. He was in war. He was a very key component in creating the Gundam, i.e. keeping his son alive, i.e. damn near winning the war. Like that Gundam was made because his father was a genius. His mom didn't agree and decided to do something else and now is pissed because her son survived. That's so weird. That is weird. That is actually really weird. And I agree with you on that, that, that her, that she is so conflicted and then at the same time, disgusted by her own son. But you know, it's like a mixture of emotions, a mixture of feelings. And I mean, like, it's not something that I personally can understand simply because I've never been in a situation like that where it's, like, hey, uh, it's wartime. We're we're in different areas. You went off and lived here. Now I come back and my son's like been drafted into the military against his will, technically, and but he's still doing everything he w- the military technically wants. And yeah, was he given like an honorary title as a pilot or something? Yeah, he yeah, he <laughs> was given the title. Uh, he was given uh, the rank ensign. Cause I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, what the hell you got people who go to school, work their ass off to be a pilot or ensign or whatever. And he just happens into it. So like, speaking of uh, this just came to my memory. So remember when we were talking about how he's like, was wondering what happened to his dad and or not wondering, but just like had one question and then that was it. And it's like, Oh, I wonder what happened to my dad. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. His dad was on that prototype ship. His dad had a quarters there with a picture there with all his information there. Okay. Why did it's like, why didn't they just like write in there? Oh, here's my dad's room and here's a picture of us together. And I have all this information about all this other stuff. It's like, no, he just, his dad just like vanished like a fart in the wind. And that was it. It's like, Hey, it uh, I'm on this ship and bright already knows me, but he's not going to say anything beyond that. It's like, no, Nothing again. It's just like no yeah. information whatsoever. Orphan status. Uh, well, I mean the way it, the way it looks, the the I'm it's weird because the father doesn't necessarily seem. I'm not going to say involved with his son's life, but he just doesn't seem to care that much. He seems to be more work motivated, which makes absolutely no sense to me. If the father has the kid, I know plenty single fathers who have like are obviously working and stuff like that, but they don't ignore the kid in any situation. The kid would go to the mom in that case, neglect granted he's, he's tinkering with toys and he gets to do whatever he wants, but that's not structure. It could also be why he's not as uniform or he's not as uh, disciplined as everyone else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they kind of hint at that too, especially in the first movie. And it's even more so in the second movie where, where that's really given away, given leeway. Uh, the same thing could also be said for, uh, what's his name? Uh, that, uh, no. Okay. The scrawny kid who just basically looks out for himself type thing. And he's like, ah, you know, whatever, screw this place. I'm going to do whatever. Or, and let's the, the spy on board the plane on the ship 
knowing full yeah. well there was a spy, expecting there to be no consequences for what he did at all. But, oh, yeah. And then he's like, I love her. We're in love. It's a love thing. No, the boy, I don't even think it was a sex thing, let alone love thing. She followed me. No, she didn't. She was doing a job. Yeah, no kidding. And I, I, <laughs> oh God, you're going to hate me for this. Still a better love story than Twilight. Why would I hate you for that? <laughs> because just fucking. Uh, I haven't. Yeah. I, 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 I look. I have nothing against Twilight or anything like that. Everyone can do whatever the hell they want. It doesn't matter. Everyone has their own viewpoints, their own tastes, their own everything. So if you wanna, if you wanna say something's better than than Twilight, then you go ahead. You say it. If you wanna say something's worse than Twilight, you go go right ahead and say it. I personally don't care one way or the other. And, you know, that's honestly one of the things I really enjoy about us giving ratings like this. It's like, hey, you read it however you want and I'll read it however I want. And if you want to try and help clarify whatever I have a problem with or vice versa to help improve the rating or whatever. Great. Otherwise. Eh. Well, I, on that note, not to say that we need to do a rating currently, but soon. Um, but my I got a question with that. How'd you like the soundtrack? Uh, it was it was unique. <laughs> it was first movie was really good. I liked it. It was it was it, well okay. It, it was it was better than I was expecting. The second movie, you might as well have had Aya the Tiger playing while he's just murking everybody in a sad situation. Dude, okay, look, if they had Aya the Tiger playing, that would like make this almost a. 10 for the movie for me right just i <laughs> the tiger in general being in the movie would have been cherry it would have been great i would have loved it i mean <laughs> you throw in some great throw in that and then uh maybe uh some other great classics i mean yeah the final countdown would have been great in oh, there. dude, that would have been awesome. That would have been killer in there, especially when there was a final countdown for some Seriously, bombs. Though. The final countdown. Ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, it, it would have been good. It would have been amazing. It would have been perfect. However, been killer, but they didn't. And if it, and and to to bring up to my point, Matilda he didn't know anything about her at all. He, and yeah. like I, like I had said during the first movie, it was purely infatuation by the fact that she was there. And that was oh. it. I was like, Oh, oh she's dude. older. She looks good. She's powerful. He has a thing for older, powerful women, period, pure and simple. And then he finds out that she's actually engaged. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> my, my, the, love of my life, the person that I connected with on a, such a deep and intimate level through random small meetings was engaged. What? Oh yeah, bro. She's and loves the man she's engaged to. <sighs> yeah. Well, so uh, I'm I starting mean... to see, I'm starting to see a pattern. Um, well, I don't know if it's a pattern yet, but I, I I'm starting to suspect things. There's not many people left. And parents seem to have a really big hand in who you get married to. So I'm thinking arranged well, marriages are a lot more, uh, not necessarily acceptable or common, but a lot more uh, planned, for lack of a better way to put it. 
because you had, I want to say Gar. Damn, what was his name? It was uh, the guy who died in the first one. Not not Car, but G. Gamma? Gamma? Gamma radiation? Yeah. Uh, the prince. Uh, Garma. Garma, yes. Garma. It was close, it was close to Gamma. So Garma was fighting against a parent who was like, you're not having, you're nothing with that kid. No, absolutely not. And she's like, but I love him. Well, and he's like, I'm going to prove myself. And well, now you got even that he was going to prove himself. He was like, Hey, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. It's, it's that the guy, girl he loved was in love with had a father that did not like the Xeon army period in general. And you also have to kind of understand that in while in our society, you can have parents that dissuade or, or fight against and the child ultimately, whether or not the child wants to, depending on the circumstances, marry that individual will, um, varying on the different types of degrees of control or influence or anything, you know, barring all that. But in general, for a lot of other cultures or several other cultures, not a lot, uh, Parents will have arranged marriages and it is actually still a common practice uh, to this day for a lot of countries and including in Japan uh, where it is still actually practiced. And I think it's even practiced a little bit here in the U S depending on the family and the structure where you will have a arranged marriage. So it's not uncommon yeah, I mean, and it's not, it's not even an older timeline or anything like that. It's like this current 2021, this still happens type of thing. Yeah. No, I've encountered a few people who were in arranged marriages and it was, it was more convenience than anything else. And, and convenience, pedicure, pedigree, 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 pedigree. I don't know. It, it was pedigree. It was unique to, to happenstance upon, but more, more to the point uh, in the show it seems like that happens a lot where you don't have many single women. And if they are single, it's because they don't have parents. Well, you have to keep in mind for the show, we're only looking at a very small, minute sample. Like you're, ta- you're, you're looking at like, here's this specific group of individuals and the very small number of interactions that they, they're dealing with. So take, for example, Matilda and her fiance. It's not that mm-hmm. it was an arranged marriage. They wanted to be together. They loved each other. It wasn't an arranged thing. I guess. I, I just assumed it was an arranged thing. I've and been wrong they, before. They they arranged their engagement. <laughs> if you want to get uh, technical there, sir. It was arranged. Just not by <laughs> mummy and puppy. Exactly. Uh, so, um... I'm thinking that this is a good spot for a rating, sir. How about you? I agree. I agree. So, um, uh, on a scale of up to <laughs> ten, sir, how would you rate this? Uh, well, if if uh, gonna give it a six. It didn't, okay. It, 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 some questions. It didn't give me a lot of uh, my expectation from the first one was let down, and the music quality could have been far better, and. It, it felt like the last primal battle where everyone's about do or die. And it, it, the music took me out of the experience to the point of, I thought I was listening to like a teen bop. Like it was upbeat. It was jovial. It wasn't, it wasn't primal. 
You know, I was I was expecting darker, dirtier, more motivation rather than what was there. And I think it could have been done better. I think I could have done it better. More, more importantly, Um, is it worth watching only because it's part of the trilogy? And I feel like if you if you didn't watch this, you'd miss out. Yeah. Yeah. There there is some emotional or character growth uh, there and some things that do get explained that I feel like will help set up three and that I haven't seen three yet. We'll find out. But for my score, I'm going to match. Actually, I was still teetering between a six and seven on this. And I mean, like, honestly, for the reasonings why you gave it, that just kind of pushed, pushed it to a solid six for me. Uh, I, I, in all honesty, still love to see more answers to come. It, it, I did find it a little comedic and a little aggravating, uh, to a little, a little. A lot, a fair amount, oh, okay. a fair amount, decent amount, and and for how the characters were in general, and for the overall action of those characters, it just really kind of pushed it, pushed it along. I mean, like, eh. and they did leave it on a on a note that this is overall heading back into space where yeah. it all began. So, so why not? Uh, but yeah, that's that's where I'm I'm going with it. Six. All right. So next week's choice. I wonder. I was thinking we could probably do Avatar, maybe even SpongeBob. Ah, I got you. Okay. All right. Call call back to the pre pre show <laughs> content. Right. Like yeah, I like it. But no. <laughs> but no. We're doing a we're doing a Mobile Suit Gundam. Three encounters in space, which is the third movie in this installment for us, uh, the third and final movie for now for us for this <laughs> installment. Now, yeah. uh, we might might come back to it at at, at some point, uh, but Mobile Suit Gundam Three Encounters in Space. Well, uh, I think that's gonna about wrap it up. So uh, if you feel like we missed something did it justice, didn't do it enough justice or just plain all got things wrong. Or if you feel like we're just doing a lousy job or anything else, let us know, reach out to us featured anime podcast at gmail.com at those anime guys on Twitter uh, at featured anime podcast on Facebook. Uh, feel free to join us in our discord link for that's going to be in the show notes for you. So feel free to join us. We're always hanging out in there. Be happy to hear from you. Or uh, if you want to catch some of that bonus content, patreon.com slash featured anime podcast, a dollar a month, uh, get you all that bonus content. Plus it'll help us grow and, and get better for you. And if you want to buy yourself some swanky merch, uh, shop.featuredanimepodcast.com. Uh, get yourself some nice swanky merch there. And uh, at the exact same time, you'll also be able to uh, find uh, Christmas gifts for all your loved ones because it's uh, tis the season and it is getting close. So, yeah. uh, so until next time, I'm Jack. I'm Rick. And we'll see you next time. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.